Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Good evening. Welcome to service. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Alright. Let's uh, get into the word this evening. I just want to try to um, wrap up the studies we've been going through. And I'll finish up on Sunday. And we've been looking at godly principles for success. And we've taken the time to examine the subject of success. And we have renewed our mind in the sense that success is not just about things. It's not just about the things you acquire. But it's about fulfilling God's plan and purpose for your life daily. And as we fulfill God's plan and purpose for our life daily, we can confidently say that we are successful people. And um, this evening, I just want to talk about 16 common sense habits for success. Okay? 16 common sense habits for success. And I'm going to be very practical. We're just going to look at some practical habits that successful people have or we need to possess if we're going to walk uh, in the line of success. And I'd like to say that habits are things that are formed over time. Habits are formed over time. And once you can establish your daily habits, if you can establish something well, it is said uh, psychologically for 21 days that if you do it for about three weeks, uh, it becomes a habit. Meaning that if you wake up four o'clock every day for the next 21 days, automatically what happens? It will be easy for you to do what? To wake up that early. And so I just want to look at some basic things. You know, sometimes as children of God, we're trying to focus on these big things that are going to bring breakthrough or these big things that are going to bring success. But there are little, little things that we need to do that can take us on the path to greatness or on the path that we're walking in. This is not part of them, but just an example. For instance, how many people cut themselves off the flow of God's power and the power of relationships around them just by being ungrateful all right you know just the ability to be grateful for little things that people give to you that people bless you with can unlock giant doors for you just to be able to say thank you you know the people you help you support you do all the things for them and they just take it for granted And those are not things that the Holy Spirit, He can't bring those things to your remembrance, but the Holy Spirit is not necessarily going to wake you up in the middle of the night and say, oh, tell that person thank you. It's expected that these are basic success habits that you should have. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we together? Talk to me. Are we together? Okay, let's not be distracted. Let's just focus here. So, number one, live within your means. 
live within your means. It's very simple, but it's powerful. Live within your means. You should be able to know how much you have on the average as your monthly income. Let's say even if you're a bike rider or you do taxi or you sell at the shop. After selling for about six months, you should be able to know the average of what you have monthly. And the reasons we have to start teaching these things is that you find out sometimes that believers are praying for things they shouldn't pray for. I'll give you an example. Someone earns 10,000 naira monthly. Okay? And then he goes to stay in a house that is 200,000 naira a year. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Right? And somebody says, I'm doing it by faith. Faith is not the same thing as foolishness. You stay where you are, and as you put your faith on the line, God increases you. So let's, let's take that example for instance. You've got a child of God speaking in tongues. His average income is 120,000 a year, and then he lives in an apartment of 200,000 a year. We're not talking about feeding, we're not talking about light bills, we're not talking about transportation. And yet you wonder why you are not successful. There's something in Christianity called contentment. And it has to become part of your life. So there's nothing wrong if, I mean, take these two examples. There's nothing wrong if as a child of God, your yearly income is 120. So let's, let's assume that you're a tither, which you should be. So you do all your tithing, 12,000 out of that 120,000. So maybe you left with, let's say, about the 100,000 and everything. There's nothing wrong in staying in an apartment that is 50,000 a year. You would not require prayer points to pay your house rent. It's just wisdom. That you need to live within your means. One of the things you find about wealthy people is they do not overspend. You do not overspend. You need to be able to look at your life and that means that every one of us must have a sense of our financial income. Everybody should have an idea of their financial state. You should be able to know exactly what you earn, what are your uh, means of income, what are your source of income, how much you spend and live within your income. Okay, you should not technically now you should not spend more than 25 to 30 percent on housing after looking at your yearly income and then about 15 percent on food you have to limit entertainment you shouldn't be spending so much on entertainment and then you have to do a lot more investment and you have to reduce living in debt and i i don't actually teach reduction in living in debt i actually teach living a debt-free life you must make sure. It's amazing how many young people are indebted. You're starting your life early and you're owing everybody. You must build yourself in such a way that you owe no man nothing but what? But love. This takes us to number two. Number two, common sense success habit. Do not be in a haste to be wealthy. He that maketh is to be rich, the scripture says, shall not be what? innocent don't be in a hurry don't be in a hurry to be wealthy that's why a lot of in, in quotes a lot of believers now go into gambling a lot of young people are hooked on 
sports betting. If you walk around our communities, you will see betting centers opening all over the day. Naira bet, Niger bet, my bet, we bet, you bet, we all bet. Even, <laughs> even in an attempt to make it, you even see Christians opening those centers. And they will say, well, I'm not the one betting, I just opened. You can't do that. It's like opening a, a, a place for commercial sex. And you say, well, I'm not the one involved. I just opened it to make money. There are things that you shouldn't be involved in. And I'll say this. We, we joke with it, but you, you know what we talked about habits? Habits are powerful. If a young man starts betting at a very early age, it might be difficult to break it. Those of you who follow sports a lot, I don't want to mention names because, I mean, but you know some footballers who are very talented, they're very good, and you know what? They still bet. Right? And they earn maybe like 230,000 pounds a week. And they'll still gamble. You'd ask yourself, so why are they gambling? If at the beginning they were gambling because they wanted to get money, right? Now they made the money. What should they do? Stop. But they never stop. Because it actually becomes an addiction. And it's been proven over time that nobody who won money from lottery ever later became successful. You know why? Because they, they did not in the beginning build the capacity to handle it. Ne- Listen, this is a very important lesson. Never be in a hurry to be wealthy. Have a plan. Walk by it. Grow steadily. Grow steadily. Grow steadily. When we were building our church, we saved up almost half of what we required to do the building before we started. That's one of the reasons we could build the church without really putting so much burden on people. It's just basic wisdom, right? Sometimes God meets you at the point of your wisdom. That means I've got wisdom, I'm living daily, and God intervenes. You shouldn't be living on miracles every day. It actually shows that somebody is not thinking. So do not be in a hurry to get wealth. Number three, common sense, wisdom to success. Read every day. Read every day. Read every day. Reading information that will increase your knowledge. And don't just read around one area. Learn to read wide. Read about your business. Read about career. If you're into sales, read about sales. 88%. You must make sure that you commit about 88% of your personal development to reading i know a lot a lot now people talk about like watching a lot of videos watching a lot of videos and there's nothing wrong with watching videos but there's something about the interaction that you have with books as you read something about stretching your mind so reading is very important okay now you can take advantage of audio books we've talked about that before in your car with your phone let your phone be a tool that contributes to your education okay let your phone be 
something that contributes to your education. So, read every day. Read to improve yourself. Read to gain knowledge. Read to expound knowledge. Meaning that you should also take books that probably are not in the area of your interest but could expound your knowledge in certain areas and read them. And I'll tell you this, if you just commit to reading one hour every night before bed, just try it, okay? Read, you know, for some of us, reading before bed is like taking sleeping tablets. If we we want to sleep early, then we carry a book. You know, some people say, I'm not feeling sleepy. They say, okay, start reading, you'll feel sleepy. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But can I tell you this, if you commit to reading one hour every night before bed, when you are alert, at the end of the day, at the end of the month, you would have read over 31 hours. Just personal development, personal training. There are things that are hidden in books that will change your life that you need to take advantage of. There are things that are hidden in books that you need to take advantage of. When you find good books, what actually are invested in books are the wisdom of people on printed matter. The wisdom of people on printed matter. The whole of Christianity is built on the Bible, which is actually a collection of 66 books. Right? You must discipline yourself to read. You must discipline yourself to read. Nobody feels like reading. People make a choice to read. Okay? So people say, well, I don't like books. You don't have to like them. You have to make a choice to like them. You have to choose. You bring your body into subjection to do that. Number four, spend less time on television and spend less time on the internet. I have the statistics here. Two thirds of wealthy people watch less than an hour of television every day. Two thirds of wealthy people watch less than an hour of television every day. There's nothing that takes away your time like spending time in front of the TV. Including time you could use for spiritual development. There's something about television that just wells away the time, alright? And there's something about internet also. Internet, I'm talking about not the positive use now. Not like you're doing online courses. Like Facebook. Now I remember, <laughs> I remember one night, uh, we were just surfing Facebook, you know, uh, myself and my wife were just before the kids went to bed maybe around 9 o'clock we're just looking 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 and by the time we looked up we just discovered time has gone and I, it just crossed my mind then how much time you can really just spend scrolling because there are enough stories for you to read there are enough things for you to like there are enough videos for you to watch you know you just scroll 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 you see this funny video oh you finish watching and under that video there's another funny one under that one there's another funny one under, before you know 2 hours 3 hours is gone you need to be able to restrict the time you spend on social media. Social media actually becomes a distraction if you're not mani- if you can manage it. There's a guy I, I read his book. I watched his um, TV stuff. I don't know if we can watch it on Sunday, but maybe we can watch it. But if you if if um, if we can't watch it, you can Google it. His name is Dr. Carl Newport. C A R L N E W P O R T. He did a 13 minutes video on why I don't use the social media. But he was just talking about um, the distraction and how much time social media takes away from people. But what was interesting to me in that video was 
he was talking about the people who design social media that they are actually called um, addiction engineers. So what, what that means is that they, they try to study the life of people who are addicted and find out the things that are interesting to them and then they incorporate that into social media. And I, I mean, I'm still reading on that, but it's been said that, you know, when there's a special feeling you feel like when somebody likes your post, okay, that is almost like when you're on drugs. It's almost like activating the same sense. And that's why you see that most times the developed world, I think we have too many problems here to be committing suicide over who doesn't like our post or not. But in the development, in, in developed words, you find people who um, begin to talk of um, online bully, all kinds of things, people getting depressed because of response to their post and all kinds of things happening. So you've got to be able to limit your time on social media. If possible, carve out a particular time when you can respond to social media. And this is very important. It might look too simple, but amazing how much time people take away from adding value to themselves by being on social media, by always chatting. There's, there's always somebody awake who wants to talk to you. Okay? And that's why most times in corporate firms, you see that they block people from accessing Facebook on, in, in corporate firms. They just put it there. Because you know what will happen? People will literally be distracted. There's no two ways about it. Even though they are adults working in the office, they still block them from receiving those things. You know the reason why? Because even some adults can be addicted to that. So you have to limit your time that you spend watching television and watching um, spend on social media. Alright? You must control your emotions. Just control your emotions. 16 common sense habits to success. Control your emotions. Not every thought needs to come out of your mouth. Not every emotion needs to be expressed. When you say whatever is in your mind, you have the risk of saying the wrong things. And we already know, scripture tells us that you should have what? Whatsoever you say. You must learn to control your emotions. The num- one of the emotions you must learn to control, and you know, come on, this is not just motivational speaking, we're talking the word of God, is fear. You must learn to conquer fear. You must learn to conquer fear. If you're someone who is always afraid, you will never venture into your potentials. A fear to start a new business, fear to get into that uh, dream in your heart, fear to do what you feel God is putting in your heart. You must learn to control your emotions. The emotions of fear, the emotions of anger, are things that literally you must learn to cope. The emotions of anger. Uh, it, it, amazingly, uh, on Sunday I preached in Poraka, Sunday evening, then I had to preach in Ugeli in preparation for our new church plant there. So we got into the park, I was using the bus, uh, I got free park, public transport bus. And there was this, so you buy your ticket and they give you numbers, okay? And uh, there was this girl, I was number nine, she was number eight. So the, the front seat was empty, so the guy putting us on the bus, he'll say, hey, can you stay at the front? How the guy say, no, 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 she can't stay at the front, she's sick, this one, now one. I mean, it was, everybody was just surprised. The anger, before we know, she has just turned her ticket. Hey, if she got, I mean, her temper was so, there was really, nothing bad was said. And in my mind, I just thought that a man would be in the house with this kind of woman. And just like, oh, 
I married a lovely wife. I'm just thinking. It was, it was like, um, it was like she was just waiting for somebody to just say anything, even call her name, and she just explode. You must learn to control your anger. You must learn to control your temper. And you do this by spending time in the Word of God, spending time in the Spirit. People who get angry easily never sustain long-term relationships. Long-term relationships would always take patience and love. Long-term relationships will always take patience and love. You must control lust. And when I talk about lust, I'm not talking about sexual lust, but cravings of covetousness. Cravings of something new that will make you happy. You must learn to control it. You know, one time I, I went somewhere, I went to visit someone, and they showed me a gadget that they had. It was an iPad person wanted to travel so he wanted to sell it off cheap and all that and i had i had one ipad and i really wanted to just have it maybe use it for something else you know but one thing i've learned is never to buy things instantly to spend time to think about them so i spent like two three days thinking about it and i kept asking myself one question and you know the person is my friend so he said oh no you can take it and pay anytime you know that you can take it and pay anytime has made you to buy things you shouldn't buy. You understand that? So after like two, three days, I just kept asking myself one question. Do I really need this thing? Do I really need this thing? Do I really need this thing? A part of me just wanted it because it's an iPad and it's different from mine. You know, so you say yeah, it's iPad mini or I have iPad this. But I'm, my real inner man is like saying you don't need it. You have one already. You know, sometimes if we look at our lives, we'll see things that are duplicated that we're really not using. Because we bought them with impulse. And if you want to be successful, it's part of your emotions you need to control. Don't buy things by impulse. Learn to think through things. Do I really need this? Do I really need this? Do I need another one of these? Is it useful? Is there a reason for this? If you cannot, don't let money dictate what you own. You make that decision. You're the one in charge of that decision. So you control your emotions. Sometimes we have this fear of change. We're looking at the emotions you need to control. We talk about fear. We talk about what? Talked about lust. What's the other one I talked about? Anger. Yeah. So this one is fear of change. Some of us are not very comfortable with change. I mean, positive change. We just want things to remain the same way we are. You know, sometimes you have to change your sleeping habits. Okay? It's like you're spending a lot of time sleeping. You have to make that adjustment. You have to make that adjustment. You know, if you're spending a, a, a lot of time watching television, you have to make that adjustment. Make sure that we are not afraid of making changes. Number six, network and volunteer regularly. You build valuable relationships that can result in more customers or clients if you're a business person or help you along the way of life if you spend time volunteering, giving back to your community. And I think it's something that we don't express in this part of the world a lot, which is not too proper. And I was telling them in the Finima Church yesterday, I mean, a lot of us as young people, we say we are jobless, alright? We're looking for jobs. And I told them something, I said, if you're looking for a job as a young person in this church, don't sit at home. Get up 
in the morning, meet someone who is doing something and just tell them, I want to help you. That sense of getting up and volunteering, you begin to see ideas. We don't volunteer in this part of the world. Even when we have the opportunity to do IT, you know, school sends us to do IT, we're not even looking at where we can learn the thing. What are we looking for? Where will they pay? Okay? So, somebody studied uh, um, electrical engineering. Or, no, maybe that's a little more technical. Somebody studied, let's say, agricultural science. Or cultural economics. Or something regarding a Greek. And he wants to do IT. And then you are in Bonny here. You know the first thing you'll be asking you, can I come to NLNG? Can you give me a space on, in NLNG? The question is, what you want to come and do here? Oil industry. Gas. It's not coming because they want knowledge. What are, why are they coming? Where they can pay more. Never, never exchange the quality of experience and information you can get in life for money. You never, I mean, it's rare to, to see young people walk up to you and say, can I help you wash your car? Can I help you clean your house? Can I help you do this? They don't want to help. Every time you see a young person around you, there's one thing. Can you do what? Help me. Which is the wrong approach to life? We can all volunteer. You can volunteer to do something. And there's no one place, and I'll tell you this, there's no one place you can effectively volunteer almost for free and learn a lot of things, probably except the church. Volunteering to take care of the children. You know, have you ever thought about it, that who takes care of my kids? I've been in this church for one year. Can I help out one Sunday? It's something you should think about. Can I help out with the young people? Can I help out with the sound? Can I help out with this? One of the things that successful people do is that they always volunteer and they do what? They network. So that's very important. We must put that into our lives. We must learn to volunteer. Number seven, go above and beyond in your work and business. Unsuccessful people have this phrase, it is not in my job description syndrome. Okay? It's not my job. It's not my job. If you understand that, that is one thing that destroyed the Nigerian civil service or is destroying it. Okay? You see a government property getting bad. You say, well, it's not my own. It's government. It belongs to government. But well, it's taxpayers' money. And the reason we feel that way is a lot of us don't pay taxes. If we pay tax, we would have a common personal responsibility to that. What do successful people do? They go beyond their job description. Can we find this in the scripture? Absolutely yes. Jesus Christ said if you're compelled to go one mile, what did he say you should do? Go the extra mile. It's called the law of the extra mile. If they give you a job, go beyond your job description. Be diligent about it. Go beyond. Do things beyond what is expected of you. They give you a place to clean. Clean it more than... You know, clean it in such a way that they don't have to call you back. You know, I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. that used to say that if you are called to be a street sweeper, you should sweep the way Michelangelo painted the arts. That means put so much passion into the things you do. Be intense about life. Go the extra mile. When you go the extra mile, you're not just doing the job for them, you are improving yourself. I remember some, some about three months ago, some of this, my guys in the area they came they said oh well i don't know they said they announced the uh, sanitation and uh, they made sure you know i stay in the village so the the village town crier announced sanitation we, we didn't hear 
So they said, oh, okay, pastor, since you didn't come out to do sanitation, okay, just give us money, let's do it for you. So I said, no problem. So I don't know how much, maybe like 1,000, I gave them 1,005, I don't remember. I went inside, so I was just doing what I was doing. They just took the cutlass, just cleared a small portion, (laughs) and they took off. You know, that's the mindset about life. That's just the mindset. How much, how much can I get away with and still earn all the profits? That's what I've destroyed our sense of business. That's what I've destroyed the things we produce. You see, somebody will produce something and they know that this thing is not strong enough. They'll just pack it quietly and just want to give it to you so that you pay them quickly. And then when you return them, say, ah, no, it's not my fault. And it's ruining our society. And unfortunately, many of the people who are involved in all of this, at the end of the day, we still call ourselves Christians. We're looking at how much, how much can I, how much less can I give and get away with so much? If they give you a job, be diligent. There's a young man that worked for us here. And I, I was just, uh, I told, um, our building team guy, I said, by the time we've paid up all our bills, I just want him to, to call that guy. I want to give him, just give him some money. More than he charged us. Just want to be of a blessing to him. Absolutely love the way he went about his job. They, they did this roof and we had some leakages. So there were two guys who were working. And one of them came. Ah, we need to, you, you need to give us money now so that we'll just block it. If not, this whole roof will come down. This, this, this. Just wanted the money quickly. But this other guy came from Port who did the roof and went up in the night, walked, Came down the next day, discovered there were some leakages. We're like, oh, do you want to go? He said, no, until everything is done. Kept walking, kept walking. At the end, even walked for more than four or five days. Okay, and I remember the Sunday service, he was here. Rain was falling. That Sunday, rain fell so much. He discovered somewhere was leaking. He still went up until he was sure the thing was 100% done. Never asked for transport. Never asked for feeding money. Never asked for anything. Now, you might say, well, it is his job. From what we have experienced here, it's a rare attitude to work. Absolutely rare. You know, there are people who would charge you again for that and say, well, when they did it, it was not leaking. Maybe it was when bed was, you know, flying past. That it, you know, and, and I, I mean, and in my heart, I've just decided the way I want to live, such people, I want to just keep rewarding them. And I just told them, I said, hey, how much did this guy charge us? And they told me the bill. I said, you know what? Let's pay him what he charged us right now. But when we're done, we'll double that amount and just give back to him. Because that's the way to just tell people that this is the right way to live. You must learn to go above and beyond your work. And you see something. Sometimes people say, oh, if it is my business, I would do it this way. But it's a lie. Remember we talked about habits? If you have not been doing it for someone else, when it comes to your own business, you will not have developed the habit. If you are not a great follower, you will never be a great leader. Scripture said it, right? If you are not faithful in another man's own, who will give you your own? Every job you have, treat it as God's job to you. And whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Number eight, set goals and not wishes. You cannot control the outcome of a wish, but you, at least you can control the outcome of a goal. And I want to say that, I'll say it, say it on Sunday again, by this month, we are six months down the year. We have six more months to go. One of the things you should do this time is what you call mid-course correction. You know what mid-course correction is? 
try to realign and reevaluate. The first thing you should do when you go back tonight, go through all the goals you wrote at the beginning of the year. That is if you wrote one. You know, most of us are more interested in wishing people Happy New Year than writing our own goals. You have just bought credit. Happy New Year. This year is your year of jumping over. This year is your year where... Uh, <laughs> You know, some text people send, you just laugh. This year is loaded with uh, success. This one, it will land in your house. You know, when you read the text, you just know that somebody is not thinking. They just, you know, I mean. So, <laughs> um, I've got this friend. He's always sending me happy new month. Always sending me happy new month. So, I mean, I jokingly texted him back last month i said i thought you told me happy new year he said yes i said i thought the happy new year contained the 12 months or they didn't contain you know just, just joking with him but go back and review your goals make sure the next six months are the most productive of your life make sure go back i was telling them yesterday in Finima church there are certain sets of ignorance we have this year we must not carry over into next year if you have books that will give you knowledge in certain areas, make sure you acquire those knowledge this year. Don't transfer your ignorance. Don't celebrate the anniversary of your ignorance. Make sure you learn something new. Read. Study. Set goals. Number nine, avoid procrastination. I can't tell you how powerful this is. Most of us have not achieved our goals this year because of one reason. What? I'll do it tomorrow. I'll read that book tomorrow. I'll pray tomorrow. I'll fast tomorrow. I'll call this person tomorrow. I don't know. Some of the most painful things. It, it might be a negative example. But have you had that experience where you had wanted to call someone, wanted to call someone, wanted to call someone, wanted to call someone, and you never got to do it. And then the next thing you hear, the person has passed on. I mean, I don't know if you've experienced, but I've experienced it a couple of times and you're like, whoa, I wish I had done this. Or maybe there are people you wanted to bless and bless and bless and bless and before you know they've gone. Or people you wanted to do things with and before you know they've been transferred or they've moved locations or they've got married. Avoid procrastination. Learn to put yourself up to do things. And sometimes it might just be lying on the bed and a thought comes to you, why don't you do this? You know what you need to do? Pull yourself up and do it. Learn to put your body in such a state that you're quick to respond to ideas. Alright? Avoid procrastination. Deal with it. If there are books you need to read, set out time to read them. If there are things in your heart you need to pray about right now, set out the day. Wait on the Lord and pray about them. It could mean the difference between life and death for somebody. If there are thoughts in your heart, there's somebody you need to say thank you to, send a text tonight. There's somebody you need to call that's been on your mind for a long time, just call them tonight. Sometimes when God impresses sending things in our heart and say, call this person, you know what I tell you? Sometimes those calls are just exactly what that person needed to hear at that time. There's something about acting on the spot when you have an impression. Sometimes the Lord ministers to you to bless someone, so in someone's life, it might just be that that's exactly what they needed at that time. So we avoid procrastination. One of the ways we can do this is to create a to-do to list. I mean, we should all do that by now. Have a list of things you want to do every week, every month, uh, every day. Um, have what you call the daily five. Five things that represent the crucial things that will help you um, realize your goals. Some of us have smartphones and the only thing that 
makes meaning to us on the smartphones and the Instagrams and the photographs. But you could actually use your phones for all of this. You could synchronize your notes to your calendar. You could set your daily to-do list on your calendar. Set it with an alarm. It could remind you. You could just take advantage of all the tools. There are several apps that can help you daily to improve your productivity. There are certain um, apps that can help you set reminders. You know, it's just like sometimes you talk to people and say, Oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. You can't absolutely use your brain to remember everything, right? That's why you have technology. So you use technology to your advantage. Get all these apps and it will help you. Um, have deadlines for your projects. Have deadlines for the things you want to accomplish. And um, don't always put things off. Don't always say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You'll never accomplish that. Number 10, talk less and listen more. Talk less and listen more. Scripture tells us this, right? Be um, slow to speak and be swift to what? To listen. Slow to speak. Talk less. Listen more. Learn to listen. Even when people are talking to you, in this, in this, um, our culture, we're not listening. And one, one of the things I've decided to do, you know, some of these things as we teach you, we also teach ourselves. One of the things I've decided to do is when people are talking to me, is to put my phone in my pocket. Are you amazed at how many people are distracted when they are talking to you? Even, I mean, amazing. Sometimes people come to me for counseling. And they, they, are, they want me to cancel them, but all the time I'm talking, they are on their phone. They're chatting with someone. Yes, pastor. Yes, sir. They're not listening. They're not listening. There's, there's a picture I wanted to show, but I didn't save it. Nothing depicts at, if, if, if it's, I mean, just take time and pay attention to it. Nothing depicts our generation like, you know what? You see, everybody seated together. Right? And you know what's happening? Everybody's on their own world. Just with their phone. Your phone now becomes your own world. The husband is pinging away. The man is pinging away. And they can be talking. Oh, did you? Ah, yes, yes. Oh, my dear, you are very, you are very funny. They're in another world. And sometimes you're sitting with somebody. They'll just laugh. You say, what's the problem? You say, ah, my friend is funny. And you're there with them. They're just out of. Learn to pay attention. One of the decisions you must make is that you be the one to control your phone. Your phone will not control you. Pay attention. When people are talking to you, listen. Are you understanding? When you go and visit people, be there. Communicate. Can I tell you something? And I've said this times and times without number. When things go wrong, it's not those people on your Facebook list that are going to show up for you. It's the people you live with. Even if they are going to show up for you before you will give them booking, you know things have gone. <laughs> Especially with the kind of place we live in. Learn to build communities, spend time with people, real time interaction, talk. When people are talking, listen. Husband and wives learn to listen. It can be a disadvantage to us. And I, I'm really also, I mean, um, on my own, it's part of something I want to do because. For me, it's, it's more of a challenge because even as a pastor, you have people who want you to cancel them on WhatsApp. You have people who want you to respond to them on Facebook. So, I mean, not just yourself, but I mean, everybody. But you need to know that it's important that we are able to control this. And I was reading something today because it's something I'm actually reading about now. Uh, because of our work with young people. And uh, I think one of the things I was reading today is that 
the average, I'm not sure about the statistics right now, but what, what they were saying is that the average person, when they wake up, the first thing they take a look at is their phone. The first thing they check is Facebook. The first thing, they just get up. Hey! 60 likes. And you know what? From that, on, from that point onwards, precious time is wasted. So one of the things you want to do, right, is as you're going to bed, probably put off your, dot, your data so that no new stuff comes in and set out times when you can respond to emails. Set out time where you can respond to stuff on social media. Some of you, in a bid to get better, you might need to even take those applications off your phone for a moment to, you know, it's like somebody going through rehabilitation. You understand? You know, the first one, the first morning you get up, you don't see Facebook, you feel, sometimes if it's on your laptop, the energy to go on the laptop, put it on and go online might help you detox. It might look easy, but it's not easy for some people. Okay. Number 14. Uh, where am I? I can't do 14 now. Where am I? Okay. Yeah. So I should be doing 11, right? Okay. Avoid toxic people. Don't spend time with people that draw your energy. People who talk negative all the time. Spend time around people of faith. Don't spend time with people who always talk down on you, talk down on the gospel, talk down on the word of God. They're always talking about impossibilities. They're always talking about things that are not going on well. Toxic people will contaminate your faith. Spend time with people that do what? That provide that energy. That tells you it is possible. Okay? I mean, some some of your friends, they have a way of impacting you so much. <laughs> I remember... Um, there's the, the something I, I, I learned from, from Gabriel some time ago. Gabriel will always tell you, ask. And just ask. You know, sometimes I remember I wanted to do something and we needed to do something with Forbes Africa. And I was just feeling, oh, because Forbes Africa is this kind of magazine. They might not want to respond to us. He just said, just ask. And I asked them and they responded positively. You know, sometimes you just have this thing about mental blocks that are there. That you feel they're impossible barriers. And by the time you touch them, you just discover that they are... They are not as strong as you thought they will be. You need people that can encourage you to go for the things you want to go for, to go for your dreams, okay? People that can encourage you to start up that business, that even when you fail, they are there for you. They're not, you don't want to hang around people who, when you fail, they say, but I told you, people who never want to leave the boat. You know, I, I, I'm imagining when Peter stepped out on water and he was sinking. You know what I'm imagining? The disciples would have said, who sent you? Peter, Peter, who sent you? But you know what? We only have the record of two people walking on water. At least, even if it's just for a brief moment. Jesus and Peter. There are people who will never step out of the boat. They will never take a risk. They are just fine. And you know, that's part of what also destroyed our civil service. You know, somebody can be in the civil service. And I remember, I think it was in the north, somewhere we served. And they brought brand new computers. And the people said, no, they are not used to computers. You know, even if you still go to our courts today, some of our magistrate courts, they still give you typewritten documents. You know, why are they still using typewriter? You know, it makes it look legal, right? (laughs) 
society where people are, are not innovative will never experience development. People must think forward. And forward thinkers cannot thrive in the midst of toxic people. Number 12, don't give up. Don't give up. Focus, persistence, and patience are three things you need to be able to go on in life. When you feel the pressure of giving up, you must not give up. Focus, persistence, and patience. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. The ability to not quit on yourself. Not quit on your dreams. Not quit on your purpose. Not quit on the things that God is asking you to do. If you're going to school, finish it. Don't drop out of stuff. Don't start something and stop. Don't start something and stop. Learn to finish things. Finish that book. Finish that book. Finish that book. Finish that video. Finish that stuff. Finish that project. Finish that communication. Learn to bring things to a finish. Number 13. Set aside self-limiting beliefs that are holding you back. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. To him that believeth, all things are possible. Put yourself in an environment, and that's why reading, that's what reading helps you to do. It actually exposes your mind. Okay? Put yourself in an environment that stretches your mind. Take away those self-limiting beliefs. Don't see giants on your promised land. See the promises of God that we're well able to conquer. Okay? Break out those I mean, in, in, in building our church, there's something that, I mean, I just so grateful that Wale was doing to us that time. You know what Wale would just say? He said, let's just start, Pastor. Let's just start. And you know, by the time you start, <laughs> you just tell you, we have started. We can't finish. Let's just continue. The most difficult part is starting. And can I tell you something? That's what challenge does. You know, for some of you who know part of our history, you know, we're having so much fantastic time with our, our, the owner of our property there. And there was pressure on us to move. But you know what? We had a three-year plan to actually own our own place. If we haven't had that pressure, we wouldn't have this facility. We'll still be there. We will absolutely still be there. You know what? We would have taken this thing at our pace. And all the miracles we saw in between this, all the speed, all the trials, all the joy, we will forfeit them. You know what challenges do to you? They bring out the best in you. They bring out your potentials. And that's why at the end of the day, when you look back, you can't have bitterness towards such people. You just say, well, thank God that he pushed us. I mean, because they will never... You understand? It's like... I mean, if you... if you have, my, my younger brother one time came, came home to worry and uh, he was coming home in the night and some boys were pursuing him. They wanted to take his phone with knives. So he ran, he ran, he ran, he ran. And he, they couldn't catch him. So when he came home... In my mind, I said, so you can run. When he told me he ran, I was like, are you? you?" There was no running ability. (laughs) But you know, when you see knife and gun, wherever that ability is, you will find it. That means it was within you. Okay? So certain challenges you're going through in life is not because you're hated. It's not because God is bad. You know what those challenges are doing to you? bringing out the best in you if you want to overcome them your best will show up 
There's a, there's a movie I watched. Uh, I can't remember the name. Um, but you can search for it. It's, uh, uh, can you remember the, that film? The, where that old man went to school. Can you remember the name? Okay, there's this Kenyan man. He was, um, can you remember it? Remember the name? There's this Kenyan man. He was, um, he fought in the, like, the revolution, but he, he wasn't educated. So at 80, is he 83 or at, maybe, let me say between 70 to 80, he went back to primary school. Yeah, I mean, it's a true life story, but it was acted as a movie. It's so inspirational. I mean, you need to see this old man, you know, sitting in the midst of primary school children. It was amazing. Even the school fought him, the education board fought him because, you know, the children were feeling uncomfortable. But at the end, he actually graduated. At about 70, he made up that decision to go back to school. You're not too old to learn to read. Don't just say, oh, I can't read. Go for it. Take advantage of adult education. Ask your friends to teach you to read. Get brighter grammar. Just start again. You know, I started, I started studying a program right now, and it, it's quite a long program. And one of my friends was saying, oh, this time is long. It takes about seven years to finish the program. Say, this program, it's, it's long. Seven years. Wow, it's too long. I asked him one simple question. I mean, God keeping us alive. We're going to get to the next seven years, right? He said, yes. So at the end of the day, what will I show for the seven years? Because you still get to those seven years. Right? So for instance, you need to go to school and say, oh, four years is long. Four years is long. After the four years, when you look back, what will you show? When we entered 2000, it looked like, whoa, you know, Y2K Borg, everybody 2000, 2000. It's been 17 years after. Next year, we'll make it 18 years after. So, between the year 2000 to 2017, you've actually lived 17 years. So, the question is, in that 17 years, at least all of us here saw 2000. <laughs> so, in that, in the last 17 years, what improvements have you made? So, if you felt like, oh, the time is too far, imagine 17 years just got like that. And you know what? The next 10 years will still come and just go like that. You know, some of us are saying, by the time I get to 30, when you are 17, by the time I get to 30, now you're 30 something. And you know, as human beings, ah, when I get to 50, forget it. When you are 55, 80, I know, this is my last one, 80. And then one day you just discover that they have printed your photograph somewhere. They are traveling home. It's finished. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is your real life. Don't treat it like you're practicing and then you live afterwards. You are alive right now. This is it. What you don't achieve now, you won't have the time to achieve it. The improvement you don't put on yourself, you won't have the time to improve it. You got the name? The first grader. Yes, the first grader. You, you, I think you can find it online because it was, it was um, produced by UNESCO. So it's an educational film. The first grader. Search for it. Show it to your children. Watch it. It, it will really inspire you. Number 14, get a mentor. Get a mentor. Get a mentor. Get a mentor. Get someone who can push you. Get someone who can um, help you. Speak to your mentor. Get a mentor. Number 15. We, we can't talk so much about mentorship. You know that. Number 15, eliminate bad luck from your vocabulary. Stop saying, in fact, two words I, I urge you not to use. I am not lucky and I am lucky. Take those words luck out of your life. Stop thinking in terms of luck. 
When you see people doing well, don't say, oh, they are very lucky. No, they are not lucky. They worked for it. Yeah? They worked for it. Take those words. Take that word luck. Either bad luck or good luck. Both of the locks. Take them out of your dictionary. Don't always think in terms of luck. You know what you should think in terms of? Seed time and harvest. That if I sow the right seed today, I would wake up to what? To the right harvest. Don't always think in terms of luck. Don't look at me and say, oh, he's just lucky. Don't always think that way. Don't look at somebody and say, oh, they are just lucky. No. No. Some people say, oh, if my father has had money, I know what I would have done by now. And you see wealthy people whose kids are on drugs. And their greatest challenge is how to take them off drugs. So it wasn't really about whether the parents had wealth or not. It was about what? The choices they make. Don't think life in terms of luck. Either bad luck or good luck. Think life in terms of what? Seed, time, and harvest. That if I start planting the right seed now, like I said, the next six months, if I start reading one hour every day, in six months, I would have accumulated hours of knowledge. Don't think in terms of luck. Always think, think in terms of what? See time and what? Harvest. Number 16, know your main purpose. Know your main purpose. You have one life to live. Don't scatter your energy. Put it in the right place. If you know you're called into business, study business, read business, get involved in business. You know you're, you're called into education, read about education, study about education, build your life around education, focus on your main purpose. Number one purpose I have in this life is ministry. 95% of everything I do is ministry related. And I'll tell you, when I started out after school, before I got into ministry like fully, I was doing NGO. I had an NGO and I mean, I had traveled out of the country because of the NGO. I've done a lot of things. One day I sat down and I asked myself, what do I want to be known for in this world? What did God actually create me for? And it was ministry. I had to let go. I had to shut down everything I was doing with the NGO and started focusing on ministry. Because what I discovered is I couldn't combine both. Anything you want to do in this life, pour your energy into it. Paul would say it like this. Give yourself wholly to it. So what that means is that you can only pour your energy into one thing. Alright? Don't dissipate your energy. Don't scatter your energy around. Pour it into the most important thing that God has called you to do on this earth. These are 16 basic common sense habits that can help us to succeed. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to thank you today. I pray that you pour in our hearts wisdom and understanding as we evaluate our Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.